Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 178, part two of the Quickie Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins, and thank you so much for being here. If you haven't heard part one yet of my interview with Tracy Ching, head back one episode to part one, hear the beginning story, how she got going, how she doubled down on freelance right from graduation of school, and basically, you know, lifestyle design created that freelance career that she wanted, Um, and that and a whole lot more. This is part two, and welcome. This is where we get into the struggles, the lessons learned, the projects that she's so proud to have been a part of, why and the impact of those projects. This is Dynamite. I absolutely loved chatting with Tracy and you will hear that again in part two. So let's not waste any more time listening to me. Ladies and gentlemen, part two of my interview with Tracy Ching. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? The Quickie Podcast is a bit of a roller coaster because we're riding the high right now. (laughs) And the next couple of questions I have for you take you through some of the challenging times in your career, yeah. um, some of the lessons that you've learned, things like that. And I want to pull those stories out and then we'll go back and we'll end in a happy spot again. <laughs> okay. So what has been the most challenging time in your creative career so far? Why was it challenging and how did you get through it? Yeah. So it's really funny because everyone thinks the hardest part is when you get started and like, depending on at what point in your life it's, it can be, but I was Ooh. in my twenties when I was doing that, my, the hardest part in my career has been the last two years. The last like 18 months has been absolutely brutal because like I got what I wanted. I had my kids before the, the five year plan like Mm -hmm. kicked off and I had three under two. And so that wasn't that hard because I would take care of them during the day and I'd work at night. But the hardest thing was the success that started to peak right around the time that all the toddlers became like toddler children. (laughs) (laughs) And so like having to juggle that, the, the time allocation between being the parent and the parent I wanted to be Uh and the artist and the momentum that I both wanted and was expected to maintain as somebody who's self-employed really started to like clash. Uh And so like I'm decent at time management, but I don't, as a parent, as it like, you don't know what you're doing until it's kind of too late anyway. Yeah. And so like you try to adapt and evolve, but like, I just haven't slept in like two years, like <laughs> averaging four it. hours of sleep a night and like dead, like back to back to back to back deadlines, taking care of my kids all day, every day, uh-huh. managing to get in like a week to like go paint a mural in DC or to like go speak at Adobe max. And I have all these crazy, crazy deadlines and amazing properties and jobs I don't or can't say no to. And still having to do my day job. Like, I'm a part-time freelancer. Like, a full-time mom, part-time freelance right now. And so 
it's been incredibly difficult this year in terms of like the physical, you know, marathon I've had to run the the mental marathon and then just trying to keep all the balls in the air. Mm -hmm. And so like, yeah, from the outside this year looked ridiculous and it was, but not in the most positive way that I think most people would have thought. Mm -hmm. No, that's so true. Like, having you know been through the toddler stage with my own kids like the mm-hmm. computer will stop and turn off and not bother you while you're doing other things yes kids don't get that they don't do that they nope. have needs and basically they're all little selfish things Sleep until regression totally and colds and <laughs> totally you see one kid getting a sniffly nose and you're just thinking oh great here goes next week yeah we all get it yeah everyone so through these last 18 months do you feel that you're now sort of getting ahead of it you're starting to catch up to the pace or do you still feel like you're treading water and just waiting for things to align a little bit better yeah so this year was like again I have I'm a planner my Mm -hmm. year had like goals but I didn't have a plan because there was so much transition happening I didn't have time to plan like Mm -hmm. I normally would and so like this year forced me to have to stop mm-hmm. forced. Like I am always an overbooker. I pack my schedule. Cause I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get it done. Mm-hmm. And I do, but at what cost? Yeah. And so it's one of those things where like, I hope I am like I was forced to, cause over the next six months we're doing like this crazy relocation to Australia for a little while. And so like I have to, cause we have to plan bringing our toddlers to Australia <laughs> And so like, it was a hard stop and a hard cap. But then I learned like, okay, well, need to start jacking up prices, because it's going to weed out anyone that's not like super serious. Yes. And then like saying no more or trying to defer and really looking out for my own time and giving Mm -hmm. myself that time because I I had a burnout end of spring and I had a full on flame out, which means like, I can't even limp along and work like in like November. And Mm -hmm. I'm still limping barely. But like, it's a thing. So I hope that I figured it out. I don't think I will before the next transition, which is everyone going to school next year. So like, <laughs> by the time I adapt, it'll be too late anyway. But we held on. Everyone's alive. Yeah, and the career's still going. Yeah. So. And sometimes that's what it is. You hold on. Just mm-hmm. hold on because you're not always in control of what life is throwing and which what's mm-hmm. coming your way. Yeah. For good and for bad, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So the next question is, I want to get a little bit more specific. Um, Can you take us to a design or an illustration or a project that you were a part of um, Mm -hmm. that did not go well or bring the desired result? What was that like? How did that feel? Can you take us to that story? Yeah. So it's, I get asked a lot, like, about like what makes a product like a project a success Mm -hmm. right and like when do you know it's done when are you happy with it and I think most creatives are never truly happy with the work what happens is the deadline comes so you're Mm -hmm. done like (laughs) your piece isn't done the client requires that it be done right and so for me it's really hard to tell what's really like a success and so by contrast what is not as successful and so mainly it's like the work it takes to get through and so this year me not knowing better because I'm not going to name the client but I can get you the job so I learned a few years ago that I absolutely 
hate like no other commissions that I get for like multiple portrait, like board member suites. So I have to do the hedge, the illustrated headshots for like everyone on a board, like a CEO or executive board. And then of course, like whomever for like an annual meeting or a conference or something like that. And so the price tag always plays a siren song <laughs> and I'm like, yes. <laughs> and then I'm just like, why did I do this? Yeah. Why did I do this to myself? And so I know better. And this year I still said yes to one of those jobs because it was theoretically very easy. Like the price tag was high. Mm -hmm. The workload looked like low maintenance compared to like even average work that I do. Mm -hmm. And then it was spaced out over six months and they had this like whole really like strong ironclad schedule set up that looked perfect. I was like done like that. Mm -hmm. That looks great. And then it just, all went to hell after the first month. <laughs> like the schedule did not stick. They couldn't get me like all of the reference material and the deadline time. So everything got shifted back. And so like on month six, I'm like, we've only gotten three rounds done and you guys needed five. Wow. I didn't schedule this mm -hmm. after July. Like, what are we doing? And like, they weren't answering because it's hurting cats trying to get all these people to get these photos sure. in. Everyone has opinions on their hair and their hairline and their face and all this nutty stuff. And so, like, I was working on that thing until September, October. Oh. And it was a nightmare. And I was staying up way too late and it was not worth it. And I should have known better. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, I now, like, tell myself, you're not allowed to do that anymore. But then michelle obama's team reaches out and say hey do you want to do our like co-chair portraits for all these really famous people including michelle obama and a poster and i'm like yes <laughs> again it's so, that it's the project where you know yeah great if the dollars look good too but something like that sounds like it's got way more meaning beyond the paycheck and that's and it, what makes it, it even really more did. challenging. I couldn't say no because it was for voting. And so everyone, it's a, it's a campaign to get everyone to register to vote. Mm -hmm. It's a po like granted, like it's run by Michelle Obama, but it's supposed to be like bipartisan. It's supposed to just be about getting people registered to vote, which I'm totally here for. <laughs> and it's all famous people and they're all beautiful and they are sending their pre-approved headshots and like, you don't say no to Michelle Obama. And so like... <laughs> It was a thing and like everyone was freaking out because they're like, oh my God, Michelle Obama's like profile pic is your illustration. I'm like, yeah, that was great. But I was literally working on that up until the night before I'm supposed to fly out for LA for Adobe Max. I'm like staying up really late and then I leave for my flight and then I'm at the airport trying to hustle this out. And it was just like, we were supposed to be done with this like three weeks ago. And like, that's the nature of it, right? Yeah. It, sometimes they run over, but these always run over. Yep. Always. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess so, when like, you're dealing with portrait stuff, it's so personal. Yeah. Likeness. Likeness is a thing. Goodness gracious. So like it was brutal. It was really painful. And again, it sounds like I'm like whining. It's like, oh, you got to draw Michelle Obama. Like it like it was cool, but like two times this year, jobs I know I should say no to, I didn't. And the first one was just a massive mistake. And the second one I really got like backed into this corner mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I had to make a choice and 
it wasn't the wrong one, but it was painful, yeah. really, really painful to, to make it happen, and which is not And that's what sometimes is difficult to understand. Like you know that this is going to cause you trouble. You're not going to be able to see it when it's going to happen. But the meaning of it is so important that you're going to essentially put yourself through it to make that greater impact. So that, I mean, that's a great yeah. thing. Yes. Also tough. <laughs> Extremely tough. Yes. Dot, 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 question mark. <laughs> yeah. So the next question I have is about, um, you know, a current struggle in your career, but I feel like we may have already addressed that with the first one. And that's sort of the one, yeah. you know, time management and juggling expectations of family, of yourself and of your clients and just sort of that balance. Yeah. So well, it's very, like prioritization. Like mm -hmm. I had to shift priorities because yes, time management, like for the other question, but if, you, if we want to come up with another one, mm -hmm. another one is definitely prioritizing like yeah. sacred, like, Sleep is not optional <laughs> and I've been treating it like it is right. Yeah. Like it's a commodity that I can exchange out and then it's yeah. a thing that doesn't have an, like a hardcore bearing on my overall existence. Yeah. I can't and go so, bankrupt like, and I can't just ignore my children. So sleep, see you later. Right. And so like, I now have to prioritize things that I treated as, you know, expendable mm -hmm. and they're really, not. and so that's, that's been a big lesson that I'm still trying to learn. Is like the mental health and the self-care and that kind of mm -hmm. stuff is a really big one. So with the prioritization, is that ever evolving prioritization or is that you set it and forget it? So I, I'm normally, as a planner, I'm really good at prioritization, but I don't prioritize self. Yes. And that's the problem mm -hmm. is I have to, and especially as a freelancer, like no one else is looking out for you. Mm -hmm. And so I've had to learn that as like whole brand new thing where it's just mm -hmm. like, yeah, you can't just treat that as like, again, I'm not 20 anymore. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm in my early thirties. Like it doesn't work the same. I can't do an all nighter and be okay. Yeah. Like not a thing plus with three kids. And so, yeah, um, definitely figuring that out brand new and trying to make that work. So has so that slid up the priority list moving forward? And is that sort of a, a goal you're setting for 2020? Yes, very much so very is like just general like health, which works out because I technically have more time because like kids will go to school for a small window. Mm -hmm. And so there'll be this like, I don't have to work at night all night anymore. Mm -hmm. I can work in the daylight like a normal human. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so, yeah, trying to, to figure that out over the next year is yeah is definitely a goal for, for 2020. Good for you. Good for you. It's definitely something, um, you know, through doing this podcast and with my kids and my day job and everything else that I'm balancing here, um, the same thing, you know, sleep and self-care just, just slid along. Um, yeah. So it's, it seems optional until it it's seemed, not. <laughs> until it's not. Yep. So I don't want to get to the point where it's not. And yes. my wife has been very good at self-care and doing things like that for herself. So That's I'm awesome. kind of looking at that and going, I gotta, I have to do things like this because it's just... Gotta get in on that. <laughs> yeah. Not only I will, I think not only will it make us better performing when we are working, mm -hmm. but it also is just good for longevity of ourselves, right? 
Yes. And, and, and it's not help. a sustainable model. No, what I'm and help with creativity. But I'm in the same model. So my goal is the same thing for 2020 is to take care of myself. Whether yes. that's just going to the chiropractor a couple of times a month, mm-hmm. eye doctor, things you totally just neglect. Like, well, I can see you, so I don't need to go to the eye doctor. Right? Yes. <laughs> All that kind of stuff. I, my glasses are definitely like three-year-old, like essentially as long as I've had kids. I haven't gone back to get new – like I have new contacts. Yeah. I've gone and gotten the contacts updated. Yeah. My glasses are way past where they should. And I wear glasses like 85% of my day. Same. So. Yep. <laughs> Got <Yay>. it. Uh, <laughs> I figure there. So we should challenge each other for 2020. Who's taking better care of themselves? Who's striding along? No, that's not self-care. That's competition. That's not healthy. That's not a priority. I'm not doing that. <laughs> All right, I want to I want to turn this bus around here for us, Tracy. Um, tell me about a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of, the one that just makes your heart sing. Yeah, so I think the one, particularly for this year, because I've I've had the the privilege to have had a lot of amazing properties to tackle, as well as a lot of initiatives I've been able to be a part of, and I think the one that really, especially for this year totally stood out was my work for Captain Marvel. Okay. So I did an official poster for Disney in advance of the release of Captain Marvel, which is the first female led MCU film. So again, female illustrator, male dominated, not only industry, but as well as like the fan base, the people that support us are generally male Mm -hmm. in a, Film series and comic like genre between comics is also male dominated. We have this like this like pyramid down of just like lady badassery. <laughs> so, like, I was really excited to be able to be a part of that mm-hmm. just for myself. But after it went live, I didn't realize the the impact it would make elsewhere. That, like, and I should have put this together again. I'm not very bright, I guess, in the moment. Like, <laughs> I started getting messages from like girls and women, and and particularly this one stands out. This mom sent me a message saying she loved my poster. They printed it out and put it up on her daughter's wall because she brings a Marvel Comics lunchbox to school, and mm-hmm. she got made fun of at school because comics are for boys. Ugh. And so her mother, knowing this, showed this girl a poster made by a female artist starring a female heroine. And there was nothing about that that wasn't for anyone, right? Mm-hmm. Not for anyone, but it, it gave this moment for, for little girls an opportunity to see something that's not always represented. And so that, like really meant a lot as somebody who currently still lives in a male dominated world, but also grew up loving things that were typically like for boys. Mm -hmm. And so that was so meaningful having a daughter feeling it personally, but then yeah, thinking about what it might've meant to younger kids, like, and having the most widespread effect possible. Cause it got a lot of traction. It was seen by a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And so I've worked on really meaningful projects, but I think that possibly had the widest audience and possibly the greatest effect on on girls and women out there mm-hmm. which is huge for me so, so so how do you how do you describe the emotions that you feel when something like that hits your inbox you know a mom who 
you know, shows her little girl to as a rebuttal to something somebody at school said that, yeah. nah, it's not just for boys. It's it's this like triumphant feeling of validation because and like this is one of those like not quite smack talking moments, but mm-hmm. the first year I got started after the Kickstarter, I had turned out three or four posters. There were some poster trolls that came for me hard and literally tried to ruin my career. They wrote to galleries and other artists and like collectives saying that they shouldn't associate with me because I was a fraud and a hack and a thief. And like, I just didn't belong. And again, Tim, who was really like, I called him from work during my lunch break. And I'm like, why is this happening? I, I don't understand. I was like, mm-hmm. other people do what I do. Like, they're just as referential. Like, they're doing exactly what I'm doing. I was like, why? And he's like, it's because you're a girl. And I'm like, I was like, I don't not believe you because there are guys that were doing the exact same thing I was doing mm-hmm. and never people came for me for like four years straight. I had dedicated trolls. I had other artists try to ruin jobs for me, like well-known artists mm-hmm. try to torpedo jobs with the same client that I had. Crazy. Yeah. And so. Having gotten that really rocky start and just ignoring it and choking the trolls with my success. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You didn't send them Christmas cards or anything? Oh, I would have loved. I would have loved (laughs) to just send them prints. Yeah. But like what I like is like, yeah, you have to decide now. Do you want me in your house? Do you just do you not want to buy that new steel box? Do you not want to buy that poster? Do you not want to go to that theater? Like it's it's a decision they have to make now. Mm -hmm. But like that's the petty part, right? Yeah. But the the really validating part is that like I didn't decide to let them win, right? Like I didn't bow out. I stuck with, and it matters to other people that aren't just me. Mm-hmm. So there was just like this super righteous feeling of validation. Cause like what I do is frivolous. It's pop culture. Like, and so in a very, very upfront way, it's, it can be very shallow, mm-hmm. but this was not shallow and it meant something to people who weren't just me. So cool. What a powerful project. What a powerful moment. And did you expect that sort of reaction or think that some of that reaction would happen based on, you know, female artist, female led cast, like that sort of thing? Did you expect some of that or surprise? To be honest, I expected a lot of the opposite because like from the moment Captain Marvel was like announced, there was all this like extreme hatred. And so I expected a lot of trolling, but at this point in my career, I'm very accustomed to trolling. Mm -hmm. I actually giggle a little bit. Like it's funny. (laughs) Like I don't, I don't mind it. Again, they haven't come for me the way they have like people like Marie Tran. Right. But like, it's, it's a weird like thing that again, I just don't catch on early enough where I'm like, I know what this means to me. And Mm -hmm. that's the expectation I have. I can't judge how someone else is going to take it. But that that really had a lot more groundswell than I had anticipated. Mm-hmm. And then because of that, there was this like really meaningful bonus that it, it reached other people and was significant for them. This And so that's the one for this year. Like yeah. <laughs> I've had other ones that are just crazy, but like to remove the political conversation from it, that yeah. one's probably the most relatable. That's, a, that's an awesome, powerful, recent one. Yes. Very yes. cool. Tracy, you've reached the point of the show for the ask it forward question. 
So yeah. I have a question for you from my last guest, and you get the opportunity to ask a question of my next guest. I'm not going to tell you who they are, but you can ask them anything. Okay. So my last guest was an illustrator and visual development artist out of Brooklyn, New York, named David Saracino. <laughs> and he told me that when I say his last name, I need to I need to do this. Do the hand Because thing. it helps. Yeah, the hand thing. Saracino. I can see that. I can right? see that. It doesn't fit without it. Satachine. And you see, I can't even no, pronounce it the properly. The syllables are important. You got to keep time. 100%. <laughs> so he wanted to ask, and he's had some work featured in New York Times, Washington Post, The New Yorker. Um, he wanted to ask, Photoshop or Illustrator forever? You could only pick one. Which one and why? I'm a vector artist. So that's a not, that's, that's no contest. No contest. Like, I live in Illustrator. All of my stuff is drawn directly into vector programs. If it's not Illustrator, mm-hmm. it's like the mobile version of Illustrator. <laughs> so, Illustrator. All right. Easy answer. Vectors for life. <laughs> um, so, Tracy, what's your ask it forward question for my next guest? Yes. So, I don't know how you're going to synthesize this. It could just be simple, but without context, it's a little hard. So, best late night working snack. So as someone who lives and breathes and works in the night, snacking is important because I'm up until like 4 Mm a.m. So fueling is important. So what is that like go-to wall-breaking-down like snack to push you through the last few miles of like a designing or illustration or drawing session? So you had to know I'm going to turn that on you. What's your go-to snack, Tracy? It depends. Like as you know, like – Food being in the house is like always a toss up because like, did you go grocery shopping? Did they destroy all the food in the house? Right. Yeah. So recently. So it depends. So like apples and peanut butter are like the healthy one. Yeah, that's a good one. And the really unhealthy one. Hot pocket makes a pot pie hot pocket. What? <laughs> yeah. Okay. When I was younger. It was Hot Pockets or Pizza Pops. Those are the two right. choices. And I always went Pizza Pops. See, I didn't do the Pizza Pops. I don't know if it was because, like, that's just not what my mom didn't, like, she just bought Hot Pockets mm-hmm. or, like, or they just had a better marketing campaign down here. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Hot Pockets were all the rage in the 90s. But they're still around. And they make a chicken pot pie one. Hot Pocket Chicken Pot Pie. Hot Pocket Pot Pie. Hot Pocket Pot Pie. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Um, Okay. I'm going to ask that question of our next guest. When, um, as soon as you said best late night snack, I remembered um, Christmas day. We had everybody over. We host Christmas dinner. So we had 16 people over here and Christmas Eve, we had a very similar crowd all over. So they just Mm. come two nights in a row. And the first night for Christmas Eve, everybody brings appetizers. Everybody just brings nice. appies and we eat all that. So it's great. Yeah. This year we had um, samosas. We had fried chicken. We had um, all sorts of all sorts of appetizers. Excellent potluck. Yeah, it was so good. So Christmas Day, everybody's eating turkey. And now we're just moving on to chatting and drinking and around the island. Mm-hmm. And um, around 11 o'clock or so, you know, you're ready for, to eat again. Yes. So I thought, well, I got these samosas and fried chicken from last night. <laughs> so he just warmed up that and had fried chicken in the evening. So that was that was. Have new you gotten me. an air fryer yet? I don't. I haven't got one yet. Get one. The amazing. 
Yeah, like for reheating and stuff, like just for heating it up, right? Like getting fries done super nice and crispy without having to deal with oil and oil burns and oil mess and oil smoke. But they reheat things that are fried perfectly. Perfect. Done. Still crispy. So your samosa would have been super crisp, as would have the chicken. Air fryer. Lesson learned. (laughs) Got to get me an air fryer. (laughs) Do it. Tracy, you've reached the end of the Quickie Podcast. Thank you so much for being my guest today. So happy to do it. Thanks for inviting me on. I'm glad we could do it with the holidays and all. Yeah, definitely. All right. That is the end of my interview with Tracy Ching. Thank you so much, you guys, for listening. I really appreciate your time. If you are digging what you're hearing, please head over to Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever you are listening to this, and leave a rating or a review. I appreciate it. They make me smile, and I might just read yours out on the show. Thanks again. See you tomorrow.